Welcome to the Middle Class to Millionaires podcast, a no-nonsense show designed to help you punch fear in the face and create the life you've always dreamed of. Now, here are your hosts, Vince and Christian. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Middle Class to Millionaires podcast. I'm your host, Christian, and my co-host, Vincent Russell. All right. It's been a little while since we've uh, recorded. Uh, we know we've been um, a little busy, but that's no excuse. So we apologize for not putting out content, and we will work on getting more content out to you guys. You know, so, I feel like I feel like every uh, episode we start by saying, "Hey, it's been a little while." <laughs> I think that's our new tagline: "Is middle class millionaires." It's been a while. Yeah. Well, at least at least we're taking action on other things. And not just doing nothing and saying it's been a while. That's true. So let's let's just kind of leave with that uh, little update about what you and I have been up to. Um, the last episode we did, you had just purchased your storage facility. Is that correct? Or you were about to purchase it? Uh, I think I just purchased it, yeah. Run us through quickly what what you've been doing uh, with that and how, how that facility is looking now. Yeah. Uh, just been ironing out all the, all the, uh, tasks, a long task list of, uh, uh, getting the website up and running. So the website has been launched. Um, a lot of the, uh, the rehab items that were on the list have been done. So, you know, redoing the office, installing more fencing getting a new uh, gate operator security cameras lighting all that good stuff so all that to justify the rent increases that i've started sending out uh when i purchased it i think i was at 79 percent occupancy uh right now sitting at 86 percent occupancy never grossed over 12k uh, with the previous owner last month we hit 15 so yeah just been rocking and rolling trying to trying to really uh you know, get it to run how it should be run or ran, getting that value up. So yeah, that's that's what's been going on. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, you 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 closed on it at the think at the end of February. It is as of January, today. January fifteenth is when I bought it. January fifteenth. Okay. So it's been today's April 9th. We're recording this. So it's been almost three months. You've already increased the occupancy by seven percent, and you're already grossing. Uh, what is that? Almost thirty percent more than the previous owner ever did in the however many years he owned that place. Right, right. Yep. That's not yeah, so, bad. Yeah, so they've never crossed two hundred tenants, and we're, I think we're sitting at like two eighteen. And I haven't even started my marketing yet. I just just launched marketing, so that's amazing. So, yeah. so you haven't been busy the past three months? No, not at all. <laughs> You've been golfing every day, is what you're golfing. saying. Nice. It's, it's been a little busy uh and then got a little one on the way so it'll just be even more busy but you know we'll manage and and when he says little one he's not talking about the other property that we're buying that we'll talk about christian and his lovely lady are having a baby in 12 days ish yeah yeah so that'll keep me busy for a little while too yeah for the next you know 20 30 years yeah <laughs> Yeah, keep, a little girl. yeah, keep your wallet busy, man. You know, I, I uh, 
I don't know how true that is. At least right now. I mean, my my daughter is almost four. Uh, I'm sure it'll be more true as she gets older. But right now, it's been manageable. But I think, you know, maybe someone listening who has teenage girls will laugh at me when I say what I just well, said. But it'll get expensive. Average child costs like 170 grand throughout throughout the time that you you know into their adulthood. I think it's more than that. When I when I yeah. heard a stat like that, it was like a quarter million. Could be 170 to 250,000 per kid. 250,000 divided by 18 years is only 14,000 a year. Yeah. Which is only $1,000 a month. That's expensive when you have a lot of kids. So, anyway, we'll get off that topic. So, that's exciting. They're having their baby in uh, 12 days. And then, uh, on top of Christian buying a storage facility three months ago, um, we are partnering with our company to buy a retail space um, here in DFW. Uh, I came across this property, surprisingly, on MLS. Uh, It had been sitting for 489 days by the time I put an offer in on it. They had already dropped the price almost 100,000. I offered about 60,000 under what they were currently asking. And they said yes, They they didn't even negotiate the price. We're in the due diligence sta- stage of that. And then uh, separately, my wife and I are buying a storage facility in uh, kind of East Texas. Uh, and then on top of, you know, we have just two little ones. So we've just both been busy uh, with life. and uh, But we have both committed to taking this podcast more seriously and producing more content for you guys. So on that, we are talking today about generational wealth. You know, kind of what we literally just talked about is that's the goal. Generational wealth is defined as wealth that's passed down from one generation to the next. So, Christian, what is what does that look like to you? Like, what is your what is your goal with passing down generational wealth to your kids? Well, I know you well, talked first, about. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, first thing uh, for me, the, the most important thing uh, before the physical aspect uh, asset part of it is the uh, the values that I will instill in my children. Um, you know that that are I believe to be more important than the uh, the physical things to be passed down. Um, you know the way we raise our kids and uh, uh, how they how they how they grow up and and hoping that when they leave the household that that those values are still instilled in them that's the most important thing but and next would be you know being able to pass you know something down to them uh, i i feel that and it, it's been proven that that the the kids the children that have uh, some generational wealth passed down to them tend to be added an advantage compared to others i, I didn't have any thing like necessarily passed down to me so I, I had to start with uh, with me to to create that. Yeah, um, you know it's funny that you say that. A lot of times on this podcast, we not a lot of times. Sometimes we prepare notes. I'm more of the the note preparer than Christian is. He likes to just wing it. Um, but some of the stuff that I was I was kind of thinking about generational wealth is kind of what you were saying. Like what's more important to me, like what you just said is is the financial literacy and education, the importance of teaching our children 
how to properly manage money and invest will be more valuable for them in their future than me just handing them something, you know, when they turn 18. There's a quote that, that goes, uh, every wealthy family had that one member that broke the chains of poverty for future generations. Mm, that's good. That is really good. And you know, like you, I, I didn't have, I didn't inherit anything. Um, I kind of take that back. When my great aunt died at, at 16, she left me $2,800 and I bought my first car. So outside of that, I, I've had, <laughs> I've had nothing handed to me. Um, my, my mom was a single parent, uh, at the time that I was looking at going into college and I, uh, diverted from that path and joined the Marine Corps. And then thankfully had the GI bill pay for my education, my piece of paper that hangs on my wall. Um, but I've, like you said, you know, our, in my family, you know, it, it's, we have some, some people in our family who've done well, they've worked hard and, but I don't at least to my knowledge, we have no one in our family who is a millionaire. And I'm not saying that that makes you wealthy. I'm just saying like on a number standpoint, you know, we've had no one reach that. Um, because like most people, we're not taught how to manage money, how to, you know, uh, thankfully, the one thing that my that I'm thinking as we're talking that my mom did teach me when I was 16 is for those who are listening who aren't familiar with this thing I'm about to talk about, it's this little little book that used to have these papers in there that you could write amounts of money to people. They're called checks. And so I would, uh, she taught me how to balance a checkbook, you know, and uh, so there are things like that that she taught me, but I was, I was really never taught how to manage my money. Uh, at, <laughs> at 17, I was in debt to my Nana, uh, like $3,500 because she helped me pay for another car that I got. And then I was in loads of debt until, geez. I mean, off and on, off and on in my 20s for a long time. I think I got debt-free one time, and then I went back in debt forever. And then when we got into real estate, you know, I've, I've talked about what happened there with our first flip and how I went, gosh, I think it was like 50-something thousand in debt. And now we're uh, debt-free, uh, but I was never taught how to, how to manage my money until I started learning those things on my own in the last couple of years. Now, we're, now by debt, you're talking about consumer debt. Yes, sorry, sorry. So I don't have, we don't have any consumer debt. And let me say that with another asterisk here. So I'll, I'll talk about the debt that we do have. We have our house that we own. Obviously, we have a mortgage uh, on that. And then we have two rental properties that we have debt on that. But those things cash flow, you know, very well. So that's uh, leverage, as we like to call it. And then we don't have any credit card debt. We don't have any lo um, any loans outside of. I did get a loan out for my sports car that I have uh, because yeah. uh, this was, I think, last year. I had sold the Z06 I had, and I didn't want to pay cash for a car because of what everyone was learning that cash was king at the time. So instead of spending X amount to buy a car cash to say that I bought the car cash, I just leveraged a loan to get the car so I could keep that cash on hand in case anything happened. So technically, yes, we do have some debt, but it's it's nothing in comparison to what I used to have or we used to have. Yeah, I mean, and it's all, it's all about uh, being responsible with leverage. Uh, I know a lot of people um, that, uh, 
let follow the the Dave Ramsey plan. Not that he's a nothing wrong with Dave Ramsey, but when it comes to investing, uh, I don't uh, agree with his philosophies. Anyhow, yeah, there's there's uh, you got the consumer debt and you have the uh, the business debt. Uh, there's I definitely believe there's a difference between the two. Some can argue with me, but uh, uh, I can uh, we can talk about uh, what what leverage has done for each you know me and you yep. in the short of time. Uh, you know, if you me personally, I don't want to wait 35 years to to get first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, it's a powerful tool if you know how to use it right. And, and, uh, you know, you, you can even dig in a little deeper and, uh, go back to history when, when, uh, Nixon took the gold standard off their, off the dollar. And, uh, actually just reading this in the, the book that, well, you started reading it too, uh, by uh-huh. Robert, called why the rich get richer. You and, cut out. It's, it's by Robert Kiyosaki and Tom Wheelwright. You cut out. Yeah. I just want to make sure people heard that. Okay. Um, so uh, they just, you know, they they discuss essentially what happened after after the gold standard came off the dollar. Basically, savers became suckers because <laughs> because the, you know, everything you you saved now became if you're saving it at a bank, the bank is charging you to save your money at a an even negative interest rate. And that just make you're losing basically, you know, when you when you're keeping your money saved up in a bank. You know, it used it used to be where you could just save your money, throw it in the stock market, and you know, in thirty years you'll you'd be well off. But after that historical event, uh, and then the printing of a bunch of money and continuous printing of money every yep. day, uh, yep. the, the dollar has lost over ninety percent of its value since I think from nineteen seventy one to. 2017 or something like that <clears throat> lost like 90 percent of its value therefore uh debt and money is just the tool and if you use it properly uh you know why not go ahead and build exactly yeah and it's a, that's what we're trying to say here is like you know if if the dave ramsey plan works for you that's fine you know we're just trying to present another idea that if I put $5 in my bank account today as my savings in six months, that is not going to be worth $5 anymore because the you bank might, is all. Uh, it on. Yeah, might as well light on fire. Exactly. Because the bank's only going to give me now interest rates are so low on savings accounts. They're going to give me maybe 0.25% or maybe half a percent. But with down 0.005. Jeez I Louise. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. even, even at that, I'm, I'm not going to do any math for you, but just, just think about this with, you know, all these relief bills that are coming out and all these trillions, literally trillions of dollars that we're just printing out of thin air. My five dollars in six months is not going to be worth five dollars. So if my money is just sitting there because I think I'm saving it, I'm actually losing money is what is what Christian's trying to say, because it's going down in value. So the whole goal with what we're talking about is um, is this general generational wealth in the way that we're doing it obviously everyone has their own path to creating generational wealth but the way that we're doing it is through real estate you know like um just like the real estate and the stock market they both they both they're cyclical you know they go up in cycles you know you can see a great meteoric rise in stock prices or home prices and then they come down and then they go up but historically both of those 
are in an uptrend. Um, we like real estate more because we have more control on it, you know, um, especially commercial because you can, I was just, we were just at a, a business breakfast and I was talking to a guy who who's wanting to get into commercial and I said, yeah, I like it because it's basically forced appreciation because in residential, let's just say you and I live next door, Christian, my house is only gonna be worth what your house is worth when you sell it. I can't really do anything to increase the value more than what your house sells for, assuming it's apples to apples. Your house is updated, same square footage. Whereas in commercial, it's, you know, it's based on the net operating income. So if I'm able to increase rents like you're doing and I'm able to bring value, bring more uh, tenants to, let's just say your storage facility, you're, and you can divulge the number if you want that we talked about last night, but you've already increased the value of your property dramatically in only three months. And that's, yeah. that's what um, we're trying to say here is that's why we like real estate is because it's, it's an asset that we have control over for the most part, there obviously are things that happen, you know, where you don't necessarily control it. And but there's that, more. Go ahead. I was going to say, and uh, two, real estate is the one um, asset where an everyday individual can 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 make it large uh, in, in the game. You know, it, it all, you, all you have to do is get some self-education going. You don't have to get a degree in real estate or or anything like that. Um, you don't have to be a realtor if you don't want to. Uh, there's pros and cons to each, but if you just if you just want to be an investor, you, you can. There's you know you just have to. I think that there's a Brandon Turner says there's three things that you need: hustle, uh, money, or or time. And if you have two or three of those, then you can do well. I like that. You know, um, talking about the uh, self education thing you just said. You know, we're encouraged to take out uh, six figures of debt to attend a school to earn a piece of paper to then find a job to pay down that large sum of debt for the piece of paper. That's considered the traditional route. I was watching uh, yeah. a, a piece on Tom DeLong, you know, from Blink-182 and Angel and Airwaves uh, earlier this week. And uh, he was just kind of talking about how, how he morphed from Blink-182 to Angels and Airwaves and He's now a successful business owner and he's got this whole art thing that he's doing. Um, but he made a comment uh, about how he didn't come from a traditional upbringing. And uh, my thought, as soon as he said that, I actually paused it to write down this thought. My thought was, when will the new traditional be thought of as the square pegs in the round holes, as Steve Jobs said? And I think we're getting to that point. But um where traditional is someone who doesn't take the quote normal route, you know? Well, like the, if you think, go ahead. If you think about it, uh, think about a, a classroom. They, everyone sits in rows of, you know, 20, you know, or two rows of five or however they have it structured, but it's been like that since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. and, and the public school system is, and, and school systems in general are definitely not teaching uh, financial literacy. They're teaching you how to find the radius of circles and, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. a complex algebra equation. I've never used algebra since then. I'm sure mm. someone's, but not me. <laughs> and, no, uh, unless you're an engineer, you know. Yeah, I mean, no, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, they're not teaching uh, financial literacy. They're not teaching you about taxes. They're not teaching you 
and that's another thing too and you know when you, you another reason that the wealthy stay wealthy and get wealthier is because they understand the tax law and and what you can do by law um you know mm-hmm. it there's this false uh narrative of of paying taxes is patriotic <laughs> i i i'm baffled but uh I, I refuse to pay 30 to 40% in taxes, so I've educated myself in tax law so I can be in the teens and less. And, and some people are going to scoff at that comment that you just made because, you know, they think that the wealthy are illegally avoiding taxes. They're not paying their, quote, fair share, which that and a whole other thing just ticks me off, so I'm not going to go on that tangent. But it's it's not any of those things that I just said. It's simply doing what you just said. educating yourself about how the IRS and your elected officials have written the tax code and understanding what you can legally do to pay less taxes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And and these are the things that we should be teaching our children at a, from a young age. Um, You know, one of the things, uh, you know, I, I don't really remember a whole lot of, you know, my family, speaking on money or their own you know what what a liability is and uh, what an asset is and etc but those are the things we should be uh introducing to our 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 children and and speaking openly about in the household you know having them be comfortable talking about it i mean it's not people a lot of people look at it as a evil thing i think that that's just based on the person's heart beforehand um Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the, Bi- the, the Bible doesn't say that money is evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't get me started on those, on those, <laughs> uh, those scriptures and the, how they take it out of context and say, uh huh, harder for a rich man to get into heaven. And no, it, well, it, all on that right there, and I'll just leave it here. That Jesus is all just talking about the heart. Right, he's talking about the thing, the thing that they that you make an idol. Uh, you know, he was, for one, he was speaking to the particular person and their situation and the thing that they had made an idol. Uh, and, 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 you know, so when you try to put that blanket statement on everybody, n- not everybody is idolizing money. No, nope. uh, some people idolize entertainment or they idolize their iPhone or they idolize whatever it is, fill in the blank. Yeah, That's, yeah. So, yeah. so it, it's, uh, it's a tool and 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 it's also a tool not only to 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 um build generational wealth but it should be a tool to help others as well because if you are i mean i came i came from uh you know i didn't have a lot growing up i mean love and all that good stuff was there but i'm saying uh as far as on the uh social class i was more towards the uh, the bottom growing up and but think about it uh if you if you decide to stay that way for the the rest of your life, for one, if you're an American citizen, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who your parents were. It doesn't matter anything. Uh, all those are just uh, excuses. In fact, I on my Instagram today, as you know, I have my I, I post a sauna quote um, for those that <laughs> Christian likes to go to the sauna every day at the gym, and I'm off Instagram now. For those who have been following me, I, I'm. I'm done. But Christian, like I said, I, I've posted or I've said on a couple of shows, his memes are to die for. But he also has some inspirational stuff. And so the, here, here's his his sauna yeah. quote of the day. Here's the sauna quote of the day. 
So I, I said, uh, excuses sound best to the person that's making them, uh, which is you, if you're making up excuses. So stop that, you know? So it, it's uh, the excuse that you can't be where you want to be uh, because of X, Y, Z is just nonsense. Um, you know, if you look at where I came from, uh, statistically, if you look at the statistics, I should probably not be where I'm at today. I'd been arrested three times already. And, uh, this was in my young teenage years, you know, where I, where I come from, you know, it, it's not where I should be talking about where I'm at today with, all, mm-hmm. with what I've, what I've achieved. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. Uh, you can achieve what you want to in this country i think you know not not being able to or deciding to stay where you want to be let's just say it it could be a a poverty stricken level i guess you could call it uh you're not you're only helping yourself at that point you know it's you're only able to provide for yourself now i know you know people have their hardships and it it might take some time and or they just simply don't want to and i'm not not saying anything against those but but when you are able to to build uh, wealth, you're able to help an abundance of people. Uh, I think that that's uh, for me. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to build is to be able to give and help others and uh, tell others as well that it's possible no matter who you are. I feel like uh, almost every episode, and this is good though. Every episode comes back to like um, um, the mindset and the why. You know, this should be called the mindset podcast or something, but. To create this general generational wealth that we're talking about, you've got to have the right mindset. But then you also have to have your why. Like, why are you doing it? You know, like, yes, the topic is generational wealth. So the why is we're trying to pass down something to our kids. But even more than that, we're trying to teach them. Well, the whole purpose of what we're saying is we're trying to, what we want to do is is to teach our children how, how money can be used for good, how... Uh, you know, like we've we've been fortunate to be to be pretty blessed since we started this real estate journey, and we've been able to give more than I could have ever thought that we would have given, and which is great. But I want to do even more than that. You know, like th- this is just the beginning. So that's why that's the goal of, of this wealth. It's not just to, to store up all this cash and and then to do what. The whole purpose yeah. is to help other people to invest into ministries that we believe in or to give more to our church or uh, someone needs a car and we can give a car away or, you know, all these, these crazy things that you, you hear about and you're like, man, that'd be cool if I could do that one day. Well, when that time comes like, Hey, you're doing those things, you know? Right. That's what this is all about is about helping other people. Back to my kind of what I was saying about uh, Tom DeLong, you know, talking about the traditional route. Um, you know, on that on that path of, and I feel like we do this, oh man, on a lot of episodes. I'm not bashing college anytime I talk about this. If you think that's for you, do it. What I'm trying to say is this traditional route of you got to go to high school and learn all these things that don't teach you anything about how to be in, in life, how to live a life, how to be financially literate and all the things we're talking about. Then you're told you should go to college and take out gazillions of dollars of debt to find a job to then pay back that debt on that path. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Well, on that book, um, why the rich are getting richer last night, he talked about, um, how, you know, people think 
they're told that, you know, by going to college and getting this piece of paper, you're going to find that job that's going to make you all this money to then pay all back, pay back all that debt. Well, what if you don't? Yeah. You, you only have six months from the time you graduate college to start paying back your debt. And that's a debt that you can't run from. You can't file bankruptcy from student loan debt. You've yeah. got to pay that back. So on yeah. that path, you're never ahead. So the important thing, and this ties into the generational wealth piece that we're talking about, the important thing that we can do as parents is to teach kids how to manage their money, how to make wise decisions with their money, how to invest, what to invest in, what yields the greatest return over time. That piece alone will change the trajectory of their future and can create wealth that we could never imagine. That's that's the purpose of teaching this whole thing. And I don't even think we've touched on like what generational wealth actually means as far as like leaving assets behind, you know, for our kids. Like and maybe we'll get there here here soon. This whole topic has really turned into mindset on generational wealth and the why and, and the what, and then how we can set basically how we can set our children up for success so they can set their kids up for success so we can like you said earlier break this path of poverty and create a whole new legacy of our kids and their kids and their kids who are doing great things that impact the world that's the whole that's that's the whole thing right yeah and uh, i mean just bruce think about it bruce lee once said that instead of buying your children all the things they never had you should teach them all the things that you were never taught um, simply that. material wears out, but, but knowledge, knowledge stays. Um, and so I, I, man, like that's so, that's so powerful for, you know, I could, I could care less about the, the material things. It's the knowledge that, you know, um, the knowledge never, never, never dies. It, it's like, think about it, you know, we have some, there's some, uh, uh, wealthy, wealthy guys out there that have gone bankrupt a couple times and. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Um, yeah, and it's not about the reason that they they bounce back and even more like you know tripled their their net worth or whatever. It wasn't about the the material that they lost or anything. It was about their knowledge and their mindset that they had and they learned, and they're able to do it over and over again. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter if they lost it all. So, yeah, I love that. I think um, I don't know if this is in Donald Trump's book, um, The Art of the Deal. Or maybe I'm just making this up. Uh, but, you know, he, everyone knows that Donald Trump has filed for bankruptcy however many times, you know. But look at him now. I don't know what his net worth is. It's somewhere between, believed to be three and five billion. Three billion, at last I saw, something like okay, that. Okay, three billion. So this is a guy who, yeah, you know, his dad did give him $100,000 to start out back in the 60s or 70s, which now it would be probably close to a million dollars. So he he did get a little Kickstarter, but his dad. But the this is the financial literacy. That's what I was about to say. His dad taught him, right, how to how to do these things, how to manage his money, how to be successful in real estate. So when he did have to file bankruptcy or a business didn't go as like he thought, okay, let me start from scratch and do it all over again. Yeah, and, and if if you look at it, look at look at all the lottery winners. I think there's a statistic <laughs> that ninety five percent of them go back. Yeah years to where they were previously before winning their million kajillion dollars that they won and and the reason that for that is because they lacked financial literacy yeah uh, same thing with like high paid uh, sports players a lot of them mm -hmm. you know look at uh, mike tyson i think it was i i 
posted something about him the other day. Uh, back in his prime, he was he was he had a twenty nine million dollars, and now I think his net worth is in the low million or somewhere eight hundred thousand, something crazy like Jeez. that. And there's there's a few uh, artists and, and celebrities that are in the same boat, and you know it, it's unfortunate because they had they had an enormous amount of talent. Uh, they had tons of opportunity and and um, and wealth, and then they just didn't know how to keep it. Uh, and and so it's important that you learn it yourself, and then pass it on to your children. That's the goal here, you know. Is um, like it's funny. A lot of the stuff you've said, as you're saying it, I like had those thoughts too. But think about like you were saying, a lot of these these sports stars. They go from nothing to millionaires almost instantly. And a lot of them, even a lot of uh, NFL players, like they, they, they go bankrupt. So they go, they go in crazy amounts of debt and they lose all their money because they were never taught how to manage that money. So again, you know, this is all meant to be the, well, this was going to be about generational wealth as far as like what you can leave behind for your kids. But I think this is, this is more important than that. Like, this what we're talking about here what you can teach your kids like again like we're saying like generational wealth as far as like literacy and and education on money and investing and the why behind what they're doing that's this is what's going to change their lives and is going to help them change other people's lives that is actual wealth yeah and i mean if you think about it the generation generational wealth aspect of it there's only so much i guess you can really talk about i mean you can there's things you can leave behind the assets, you know, um, uh, real estate. Uh, if you build a business, a lot of business owners um, think about it with their children in mind. So they'll name their company Blank and Sons. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of companies are are family owned, you know, keeping it in the family. Um, those are ways that you can you can pass on uh, generation wealth building a business to pass down um taking advantage of of life insurance where you know you can invest uh you know that that way is a little little bit of less control but people do it all the time you know making sure you're uh investing and even your child's education i mean my our plan is just to you know have a house for each kid and once it's paid off or whatever they can sell it and either go get an education or they can continue in real estate or build another business if they'd like take that equity um and then uh uh, again teaching your your children about personal finances um and and creating an estate plan so that way whenever your time does come it's not a headache for everybody and you're not Mm -hmm. a a year in the courthouse because probate and all this stuff uh so getting your (laughs) order and that's actually one of the things that a lot of people don't really think about you know like they don't if they're like oh i'll get to it eventually but uh you can go tomorrow and uh, yep. you don't have a will in place you don't have an estate plan like it's it's uh, all scattered uh so you don't want to put your children in that situation and now they're stressed out because they have to deal with all this court stuff and what yeah, air what and yeah no, that's, man, that's so true. I, you know, we were just at this business breakfast here at my church and the attorney that got up there that I told you about, I'll, I'll be meeting with him. Uh, we're supposed to meet this week, but my week got uh, destroyed with stuff. Um, 
but I'll be meeting with him probably next week to talk about estate planning. I'm only 34. Like I'm, I'm perfectly healthy. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong, but I know that life is short and things can be unexpected. And now that I have, you know, uh, a wife and two kids and we're planning on having more, I, and as we acquire more properties and more, uh, you know, as our wealth increases, I don't want to just leave them with no plan. If I were to something, God forbid something were to happen right now, my, there would be nothing in order for them to be able to take hold of that and to, to have it, you know, uh, be run properly or whatever. Like there's no plan. So I'm, I'm already planning how to eventually leave that behind if something were to happen. And I'm only 34. I think you should be planning that from the get go. And one of the other things that you said was about life insurance. Uh, I don't think many people know that you can take life insurance out on your kid right now. Like if, so I have a three-year-old and basically a one-year-old about to be two and four, like almost days, it feels like I could take out a whole life insurance policy on both of them right now. Uh, Whole life insurance is a whole other thing, but when they get to 18, we can cash out on that policy and that could be their investment or that could be the money that we give them. But another thing that you talked on, sorry, I've just got all these thoughts on what you just said is one of the things you said is, you know, you want to have a house that's paid for or these houses that'll be paid for for your kids and you want to let them, you know, either go to school or to invest in a business. And the important thing to 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 uh, to note here or to recognize that, that what about what you've said is that you're not going to just give them this property without any knowledge of what to do with their money. You're going to have trained them from the time that they probably can speak knowing you until the time that that time comes when they can inherit this, say, let's just say property. And they're not just going to take this, let's just say quarter million dollars and then go blow it at a casino or go blow it on shoes. They're going to know that, hey, OK, I've got a quarter million dollars that I could really build something great with here. What could I invest in? What's going to have a long, a long term return? And they're going to know how to do that because of what you're going to teach them. That's the important thing. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some 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 pretty alarming stats. One of them. Uh, well, first, I'll start with a, a quote from Chris Hillman. He's the U.S. Trust, U.S. Trust Chief Fiduciary Executive states that. Looking at the numbers, 78% feel the next generation is not financially responsible enough to handle inheritance. In other words, giving people money isn't enough. You need to ensure they have financial literacy. And the next uh, stat that's out there is that... um, uh, One second. Just cut this out. Okay. Uh, In fact, research shows approximately 70% of of families lose their capital in the second generation while 90% lose it in the third. So not great odds for building sustainable wealth, oh. but it all boils down to uh, teaching your children financial literacy so they can break past that. Yep. So we've <clears throat> probably beat that into the ground. That's the whole purpose of this podcast. You know, just we would encourage you just teach your kids how to manage money what to invest in, and to really take a look at um, life in the long term. You know, uh, it's not about the short term. You know, like what what you do today will have a, an effect on something 10 years from now. How you manage your money now will affect you 
you know, if I, if I would have known what I know now, back when I was, when I just got out of the Marine Corps at 24, however old I was, I would be probably extremely well off. You know, I, I would have had all these, all these, these lessons, or if I would, heck, if I would have learned that at the beginning, you know, as a, as a kid, you know, so the, the, the important thing here is, is just, uh, learn all you can about real estate or investing in the stock market if that's for you or investing in a business or whatever it is um, so that you can then teach your kids how to do the same thing and how to properly manage money and to do what they're passionate about and not just what we call the again quote traditional route got anything else uh, no I don't think so I think I've uh, I've blessed everyone with my wisdom <laughs> was was it your wife just saying last night how humble you were on the podcast? <laughs> I, I, I'm not I'm not a uh, cocky or anything in any way. I mean, maybe it needs to be, but I don't think I am. No, I, you're I'm, not. I'm, I'm just, you know, you're just what? Just confident. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. No, you're you're a very humble guy. Anyone who who hears these things and doesn't know Christian and thinks otherwise. You just got to know him. He, he's a very humble dude. So uh, we'll leave you guys with that. Like you said, we're going to we're gonna get more consistent at this and uh, hopefully produce content that you enjoy and that, that can uh, help you in your life and your path and, and not just ramble. So hopefully these last 40-ish minutes have helped you and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. We'll see you next time. This episode of the Middle Class to Millionaires podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more tips and strategies on entrepreneurship, life, and business to help you create the life you've always dreamed of. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content on planet Earth.